Welcome to Teach Simple Podcast, where we focus on providing simple solutions in the classroom. Teach Simple, a podcast that believes simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. We're dropping gems, family. My brother Calvin Nellum is keeping it simple for the culture. Education, politics, science, physics, he's talking about it all. Just keep it simple for our brother, man. Teach Simple Podcast. Enjoy, family. Welcome to the T-Simple Podcast. We focus on providing simple solutions in the classroom. I have my just just a, a great co-worker and a, a teacher who is an exemplar, someone who the kids would never forget their names because she did not only teach them amazing subject like English or writing, but she gave them experiences that just they never forgot those emotions, right? They say a kid might forget, you know, what you teach them, but they never forget how you feel. And I got Miss Vicky Willis up in the house coming in here with the feels. We got to be feeling a lot up in here. She's an amazing teacher in Detroit. She attended Northwestern High School. She has a master's degree in education. Uh, she's been teaching in both high school, so secondary and middle school for almost 10 years. Go ahead, raise a roof for yourself. Vicky. <laughs> Bet in this game, killing it. Because when I say I'm like, I'm six years in the game, I'm like, yeah, I'm still a rookie, you know? Everybody has three years in the game. Y'all just need to listen. Just just take your time because you're not where you need to be. But 10 years in the game. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I just got to give you that pause. Like, let that breathe, right? <laughs> well, um, thank you. Yeah, this is crazy. Like, again, proud Detroiter, Metro Detroiter. She has a degree in mental health counseling. We're going to talk about the importance of mental health. And just as a black community, we need, a very, we need to take care of that, you know, because we have all the physical things going on. We are amazing in this. We are beautiful people. But we can be all of that and be dying inside slowly. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that we bring attention to that. But Vicky is not only all these amazing things. You will find her in DR, Puerto Rico, on a beach, <laughs> with the sun beaming. She's getting an amazing sunny day. She loves to travel, spend time with her family. She has this cute dog that has the, the most aggressive uh, bark in the world. So you come <laughs> up, it might be the dog, but it's okay because the dog is with us today. Uh, she tries to educate today's youth and things. She loves to um, also, you're a cheer coach, right? Or was a cheer yes. coach? I am, yes. So she can break it down for you on the court. Um, <laughs> she's uh, <laughs> she wishes uh, she was taught as a child financial literacy, mental health, conflict resolution, and just community service. Vicky Willis in the T Simple Podcast. How you doing? Thank you. I'm good. Wow, Nellum, that was an awesome intro. Okay. You like that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told you that was to do now. I had a okay. Know, I like it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, how you doing today, Miss Willis? I'm great. I'm great. Just trying to stay safe. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. You got to deal with COVID. You got to deal with grading. You got to deal with all uh, problems. Listen, Woo! as a teacher, I know we're all burnt out. I know I'm looking forward to the summer. Okay. Absolutely. Just this whole shift was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And we have to adapt, you know. Um, so, yeah. So let's get into the uh, teacher tip of the week. So teach tip of the week. Uh, like I said, I do I do a tip every episode because if I do at least 30 episodes, that's 30 tips. 30 tips can at least keep one teacher in the classroom. So if I can keep one teacher in the classroom, I can save, you know, 150 kids. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. we know if you lose a teacher, that's like a piece of our heart that's just it just fell off. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I, I you talking about depression. Like, I be, when a teacher leaves, I be mad. I be, I be <laughs> mad. I be like, oh my God. Who's going to teach our kids? Yes. I was going to say, because it's, it's hurting the kids. Because then they'll have, you know, just a, te a different teacher every other week. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, my teacher tip of the week is teachers, you have the power, you have the knowledge to go to mileage. So, so build that brand up. If you if you if you if you got three degrees, you are expert, at least a novice. You know what I'm saying? Start mm -hmm. a website. Start consulting. One thing I'll say about Clubhouse, I've met at least 50 educational consultants. Right? 
And mm-hmm. consulting is just a fancy word for advice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So use YouTube. Use social media. Use uh, 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 Shopify. Build your brand. Be the entrepreneur, edu- right? And mm-hmm. make more than what you aren't getting, right? Because you deserve a million dollars. So make that million dollars really? and come back and be like, I got the million dollars and I'm going to teach everybody else how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a good That's tip. Not- yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the stage, the stage. So I, I've been waiting for this tip. So go ahead, Vicky, go ahead and give us the, uh, you know, the tip from the heart for the teachers. All right. So my teacher tip would be um, self-care. Yeah. Um, very, very important for, your, for yourself as an educator and for the scholars as well. So especially with this virtual um, reality that we're in now, um, self-care is so very important. We can't educate our scholars if we aren't taking care of ourselves first. And so I think it's very important. So whatever that may be, whether it's maybe it's um, writing in your journals every every day or writing doing writing poetry or exercising, whatever your hobby or whatever it is that makes you feel good, that kind of takes you away from this reality for a second then do it. I think it's very important because we get so stressed. I mean, just thinking about our kids and some of the kids, when we think about we're online and we kind of think about what their household is like right now, you know, and it's hard for it not to affect you um, just as an educator, because that's what we do. We care about kids. So when we feel like there's children that, that's out here being hurt or now they're home all day with a parent who's abusive and sometimes that can weigh on us as well. So I think self-care is so important. Got to take care of yourself. Raise the roof and self-care. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you set the tone, you set the tone. We're really going to really talk about that. I found that a lot of teachers are leaving a profession because of that. Just, mm-hmm. you just You can get all the scores in the world. Kids can be passing. But if you don't feel like you're not, I guess, worthy or feel like you're getting mm-hmm. the, the embellishment that, that you think you deserve, you could become your worst enemy, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So and let's be honest. We don't, teachers, we don't get the credit we deserve at all or the appreciation at all. So, yeah. I've talked to people that left you know that that have left and i'll be like is there anything we can do to keep you and then they'll just be like no no no. i'll say something like right before they leave and i'll be like well it was a pleasure to have you it was a it was nice working with you and then they'll respond like that's the first time i've heard that i'm like what that's <laughs> <laughs> right you've heard that you know wow really and and i, I bring that story up because it's so many just like people that have these intentions, right? And they use their platform and their power to change certain school systems. And then they'll leave. And they'll leave, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about a city I feel that is not getting the respect it deserves, Detroit, man. What's so significant about this city? Um, Growing up in Detroit, um, it, 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 it was tough. Um, but Detroit is what I know is my home. So um, I think the beauty, things have changed now, but I just remember growing up um, and living in Detroit, it was it was different. It was like so much more family oriented. So it was just different. Um, I think growing up, I wasn't, and I think this goes for like a lot of um, kids who attend Detroit schools, I wasn't exposed to a lot of the things that Detroit had to offer until mm. I got a little older. So when I think about the different museums and I think about um, the history of the, of the automotive industry and think about all those different things that Detroit has to offer, I, I wasn't exposed to that as a kid. Wow. So I didn't really appreciate that until I became more so of an adult where I could explore myself. Um, but Detroit is a, a beautiful city beautiful city for sure absolutely absolutely and i've heard kids they've never been to mexican town before they live on the west side of detroit you know? mm-hmm. it's like 10 minutes you know 
You probably some of some of them probably never even heard of Mexican town. If you mentioned it to them, they probably never heard of it. So it's it is interesting. Like it's interesting. Like I I never never was exposed to it. Why? I don't. That's a good question. I don't understand why. Um, when we were in school, that was the case. We just never. I don't even remember taking a lot of field trips when I was in school. Mm. Um, things where education was so different. It was so, when I think about education now and I think about education when I was in school, it's so different. Um, everything was just, you know, strictly taught by the book. Everything came out of a textbook. If it wasn't in a textbook, it wasn't getting taught. Um, and we, we just weren't exposed to a lot of different things at all. Oh. So growing up, what were some things that happened to kind of push you to be in this amazing job? Like, you know, like what were some of the trials? What were some of the things growing up? You know, I remember we were talking earlier, like education was your escape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about mm-hmm. that. Um, so for me, um, I, I just really grew up in, so I'm going to say probably when I reached the age of maybe about nine um, is when my home life became very, very unstable. Um, so um, my mom, she was just really, she was addicted to drugs and she would just be gone for like months at a time. Like I wouldn't, we wouldn't know where she is. I remember me and my grandmother kind of going out trying to search and find her because we were worried. Um, and then I was always with my grandmother. She kind of took care of me, but my grandmother was an alcoholic. So I experienced a lot of emotional abuse um, growing up. So I think as I've started just dealing with all of these things, um, and then my sisters and my brothers came along because my me and my sister were 10 years apart. I'm the oldest. So then my sister came along and then I had my brothers and it was kind of like we were dealing with so much. And it's like, this, this can't be it. This can't be life. It has to be something else out there. And so I did have um, my counselor actually in high school. Um, she, Miss Mason, I'll never forget. She was just so motivational. So, um, you know, her thing was she was making sure that I applied for any school, like just to, she knew my home situation. So, you know, she kind of pushed me like, you know, you need to just get away, just get away. And so, it was just like, I got to do something different. I can't go down the same path that majority of my family has went down. I'm going to cut you off. I need you to raise the roof for Miss Mason right now. Because yes. she's someone that definitely was a climax yes. that you needed. Go ahead. Yes. And I think I had, like, with her and my mentor in college, like, I, I don't know what I would. And as an educator, please, please, please understand that you – may feel like you're not sometimes making an impact, but kids, they remember. Like I remember Ms. Mason and I remember my mentor, you know, Ms. Lucasson College. Like they'll remember you. And especially if you were a positive, you were played a positive role in their life and kind of pushed them, they'll remember. Like it's, it's amazing. Cause I honestly, um, if it wasn't for Ms. Mason, I probably wouldn't have went to anybody's school when it came to college. Um, and then in college, if it wasn't for my mentor in college, because I was really going through a depression and dealing with a lot in college, um, if it wasn't for her pushing me and just being there for me, if I needed help financially, whatever it was, she was just there and it just pushed me. And that was just kind of like my motivation. Once I started, it was like, okay, I can't stop now. Can't stop now. Got to keep pushing. So you said up until you were nine. So kind of talk about like, how was it before before you were nine? Like maybe Mm -hmm. school, maybe like, I guess life in general. And then what was that? How did it change like emotionally after? um, Yeah. Um, So before um, life was great. my mom, she she actually was she was working and she was in school actually. Um, she had went to a community college. Um, you know, we just did a lot of things together as a family. Life was good. Like I had no worries. 
Um, she was she was there. And then my life began to shift, unfortunately, when she m- met a man and he kind of it's just like once once she met him, my life just did a total 360. It was kind of like because he was very abusive. Um, my mom then became really heavy into the motorcycle clubs. And so that's when she began to her addiction began to form. Um, and then that's when it was just that that those drugs listen i was so angry at my mom for so so long until i realized um it's an illness yeah addiction is an illness so yeah life before that though like my mom it was great like i didn't have any worries that it was awesome like and then i was able to kind of look at her but she you know because she was working and she was in school so i was able to kind of look at her but then she, she it all just stopped to stop. Okay. So, so now you have this reality, but you still, so you're an adolescent now, right? So you're in high school, you're in school, you have, you know, maturity, puberty, you have prom, you have boys, friends, mm-hmm. parties, you know, talk mm-hmm. about that. So how, so mentally too, I want to like keep on a mental aspect. So like what's going on in your head when you're in school, when you're trying to get these grades? What's going on in your head when you're socializing? You know, um, I'm assuming that a lot of that probably motivated you to probably leave and get out. But one mm-hmm. thing we do know that when we leave though, that doesn't solve the problem. Not at all. Yeah, but before you talk about that, go ahead. Yeah, so yeah. It was hard, um, which is why... I can relate to a lot of our kids now. Um, yeah, it, it was hard. It's, it's like, um, I didn't get the best grades in high school and mainly because I wasn't focused enough. I had too many things going on at home that I was trying to, that I was dealing with. Um, and I was trying to, you know, come to school every day and put on this, you know, facade, like, you know, nothing is wrong. Um, but inside I was dealing with a lot as a child, as an adolescent, it was just a lot. Um, so my grades definitely was affected. Like I definitely in high school, if my family situation was different, I think that my high school career, as far as my grades and things like that would have been so much better, 10 times better. It was like daydreaming in class or like whenever you do your homework, you just like, I don't even want to do this stuff. Like It was, I don't want to do it. It was like, who cares if I, if I do it, if I don't, I mean, it's not like, you know, I had a parent that was going to come up to the school and go to parent teacher conference or who was asking me, do I have homework or asking me what is, you know, where's my report card? Like who cares if, if, if my, if my mom didn't care, I mean, you know, it was just like, and it, for me, it would be, I would sit in class and it would be more so focusing on, what, what am I going to have to face when I get home after school? You know, is my mom going to be there? Or is my grandmother, if she's there, is she going to be drunk? And I'm going to have to go and lock myself in my room. So I was focused on, okay, after school, what is my life going to be like? So it was, it's, it's, it's a lot. And it's, it's kind of like you're battling. So it's like, I know I got to do this for school because I know like it's got to be something better than than what I'm looking at now. But then it's like, but you kind of go through this kind of like depression or kind of like you feel like everybody wants a parent who cares. So it's kind of like if you had a parent and they're like, you know, and and, I, and let me say this, my mom was a great woman. It's just the, the drugs kind of, you know, when she got addicted to drugs, she was no longer my mom, not the, mo- not the mother that I knew. So it was, but as a kid, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't register for you. You don't realize that that the addiction is an illness. So you take it as my mom didn't care. Like she don't care what I do. So if she don't care and that's the number one person that I'm really concerned about, then why should I care? You know, it's, it's that, that type of thing. And I know kids deal with it. I mean, you hear from our scholars, they'll say like, I know I just, the motivation not there. I don't know. I'm just done. Or I just give up. <laughs> That's it. They're like, yeah, like, no, I didn't do it. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You know, that's what they say. You like, you don't know. <laughs> you know how they are. Yeah, yeah. But they're so blunt with it. They're like, I didn't do it, Mr. Nello. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Liz, I ain't gonna even lie to you. I didn't even do it. I didn't do that. Same. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, so and 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 it sound it just sounds like kids are just forced to grow up so fast because their current situations mm-hmm. they literally lost their innocence. You know, like they literally lost their they don't have that. So one thing my mom used to always do, man, she'd be like, Calvin, what's the name of that sign? Oh, it's a stop sign. Good job, Calvin. Proud of you. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that sign. Oh, that's the uh, walking sign. Oh, good job, Calvin. Okay. And then the report card come up. I get all A's. Okay, Calvin, we're going to get you a toy. Good job, Calvin. And then one thing that did, it just motivated me to like always want to get good grades because I knew that it was a center, right? I knew that my mm-hmm. mother would give me that affirmation. But if that's not there on a chronic basis, right? It's just mm-hmm. not there. Like, you mm-hmm. home and it's not good morning. It's not hello. It's I don't know if it was that, but it's just the absence of family. I guess no, excuse it, me. Yeah. So what is it? How do you deal with that? We're still on like maybe like in like junior senior year now. How do you? How do you deal with school when you're so forced to? You're forced to be an adult. Get this rap song from Kendrick Lamar. He said. He said, I used to want to see that I used to want to see the penitentiary right, up in elementary. Thought it was cool to look the judge in the face when he sentenced me. Since my uncle was institutionalized, my intuition had said I was suited for family ties. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he sees that, then that's just his reality, you know? But mm-hmm. go, yeah. Um it's hard. Um you know, as a kids and, and as an adolescent, you don't understand. And that brings you back to the mental health part. You don't understand. You don't even know that really you're depressed. Wow. You know, like, because again, like now mental health is being talked about more in our community. Growing up, for me, it was not. Mental health was not a thing, you know, Um but when I think back on it now, and even when I think about some of our scholars now, sometimes we we'll, we can be in a depression and not even know that we're in a depression. And I think for me, my adolescent years that I was, so I never was real sociable. Mm. Um, when I was in high school, I had, I had my few friends that I hung around, but I never was, you know, the popular girl or, the one who just knew everybody. Um, if you knew me, you knew me all because of probably my, in high school, my boyfriend in high school was, you know, he was a popular person. Um, but I, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't hang out, you know, like a, the normal high school or adolescent would do. I didn't, I didn't hang out like that. So, um, I didn't even really like having like I had like maybe one or two friends, but I didn't even want people to come to my house over to my house just because I used to be so embarrassed. Um, so it it was hard. Like now when I think about it, like I, I was going through a depression, like it was it was really, really hard. And it, it really for me for high school to be transparent, it was. I'm probably not going to get all A's and B's but let me just get enough so I can get by and graduate. Let me just get that part over with until my counselor, you know, exposed me to other options as far as post-secondary education goes. Because at first my mind was, I just want to just, just graduate. It, I don't even need the A's and B's. I ain't even put forth that effort. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you graduate, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to college? I do. So, yeah, so we all know if you have that either a family where you have a helicopter mom or maybe a situation where it's just not a great support system, leaving the house is like the best thing ever, right? Oh, yeah. Right? And we, and we, <laughs> yes. 
that that is probably going to solve the issue. Um, J. Cole has a song, it's called Once an Addict, and he talks about that same situation. His mother was also on drugs, mm-hmm. she was also alcoholic, and that motivated him to get a scholarship so he can go to New York and go to records. Mm-hmm. He said that when he left, though, his mother would call him. And those phone calls would bring back all that anxiety, all that things that he tried to run for him. And it yes. was just like all over again. Yes. What could you add to that? Yeah, just maybe, could you, can you relate or just? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure, again, I keep going back to our, our babies just because these are, these are some of the same things that they're dealing with. Um, but yes, so college for me was an escape. And that's why I said that before, like, it was kind of like, once my counselor had me, she sat me down and we started applying to all these different schools. I wanted to go as far away as possible. Um, but unfortunately I couldn't afford to go far. So I had to stay in Michigan and I went to Ferris State University. So for me, Fair State is like, it's not too close, but it's not real far either. You know, so it still for me was like, I'm getting away. It may only be three and a half hours, but it's three and a half hours from the situation I had to deal with at home. Um, And yes, we do think that once we get there, we get away, you think life is going to be better, but it's not, not mentally. Um, you you kind of have a better peace of mind just because you're not in that environment. Um, but everything that you're dealing with at home is still there um, because you still have, you know, like when I, when I first went to Ferris, um, my roommate, her mom was kind of like the helicopter mom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she would send her care packages and send her money. And, you know, I didn't have that. I ain't, no, my mom or father or anybody was sending me a care package or sending me any kind of money or, you know, it was me surviving off my financial aid. And then that brings us to financial literacy because, of course, we know how I was getting financial aid was I had loans. So I was getting a refund check and that's how I was surviving off of that. But, you know, but then you look at when I look at my roommate and, and and thank God for her mom, because her mom would sometimes send me a care package if she sent her one. Um, yeah, she was really, really sweet. But I was going through a depression then, especially my freshman year. My freshman year was the hardest year I had ever experienced. Wow. Um, because I was I was in such I was just in I was in a in a depression and then I was in kind of a controlling relationship. I was still with my high school boyfriend. He was very, very, very controlling. Um, So it was a lot. It was a lot. And that's when my mentor came. And really, my mentor, she saved my life because I promise I would not have continued on. I would have been right back here in Detroit. I I didn't have at that time any anything positive that positive um, role model at that time. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was kind of like, yeah, let me just graduate from high school and then I'll just figure the rest out. Wow. But again, you got my counselor and that's why we as educators, we make a huge difference in kids' lives. Let's shout her name out again, please. Yes. Her name out. Do you remember her name? Uh, Ms. Mason in high school and then in college, um, it, her Miss Lucas, uh, she's still my mentor from college. I still okay, keep in contact. Her, please, yes. Oh, gosh, wow. Yes. Thank you, thank you. How you feel? How you feel? I'm good. I'm good. You like the question. I'm good. I'm good. So, Nellam, did you grow up in New? Are you from New Orleans? Yeah. Okay, I never knew that. Yep. I remember you mentioned it earlier. I never knew you were from New Orleans. Okay. Yep. Yep. Born and raised in New Orleans. Uh. Grew up with a single mother. My dad left stupid early, and my brother also he struggled with drug addiction. Um, okay, he's currently incarcerated right now, actually. Um, and he he struggled so much with it to where my my mother pretty much had to disown him. 
because mm. he was not only in that, he was in games. You know, he was getting shut oh. up and my mother had to go to the hospital. And, um, yeah, I know, man. You're right. It's crazy. Mm. Overdosed, you know, a bunch of times, you know? Mm. I'll tell a real quick story. The police were looking for my brother at one point, and my mother is the example of a come-up story. Like, she's from the Lafitte Projects, got a master's plus 30, moved on the suburbs of New Orleans, bought her own house. We in the, the whole, you are, yes. our house is the house. You know, everybody in the city coming to, come to your house. Right, you know? <laughs> everybody there, right? Uh-huh. Because you were transparent, I'm going to be transparent because I love this conversation. I hope you're enjoying it. This is... I am, I am. So everybody's there. Grandmother's there. The matriarch's there. All the aunts. Everybody's there. This is the house to be at, right? This is mm-hmm. why I'm family oriented because all my family from D.C., California will always come to my house for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I got to see everybody that looked like me. We was chilling. I loved it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh huh. So the cops are looking for my brother. On Christmas Day. Wow. I kid you not. A SWAT team comes to the house and they're coming with guns blazing, like guns out. Oh, wow. They push my grandmother on the floor. You know how they are, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're looking for my brother. Wow. And so from then, my mom was just like... I have this son here, and I know that everything you're doing, he's going to try to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, she had to disown him, you know, and he's, he still was making those just crazy decisions. And he wasn't a product of his environment. He just was someone who didn't have his dad. And he just, mm-hmm. you know, but. Now, is he younger than or older than you know? Brother. Okay. Yeah, so he's my older. He's my big brother. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, and so, yeah, so, but that mentor, like you said, like, that was a, a big, a big change. So, so why teaching, you know, like, so I feel like maybe, maybe I can guess it's like, for me, I felt blessed enough to make it out of New Orleans because after Katrina, because my life actually got better. You know, I, I was able to move to Virginia and be in a better school system, unfortunately. I was able to see different diversity. I was able to be in an AVID program. I was able mm-hmm. to just expand my horizons and, and go to college in Virginia. And I was like, man, I feel like this survivor's remorse. I have to go back in the classroom and let me, let me, let me give back because I was blessed mm-hmm. enough to have these opportunities. Let me give back, right? Mm-hmm. But we know even that doesn't solve our what we got going on in here, right? Because we right. think that maybe if I give back, right? Mm-hmm. I give myself, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. Then maybe God will bless me and, you know, help me with my... But it, it doesn't work like that, right? So, it do- no, it doesn't. Yes. <laughs> we keep talking about the same thing, right? Running away from our demons. Yeah, we think they're going to go some... It go, and they're not going to go anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Um... You know, it's it's interesting. So, I'm, so I remember when I, my original plan was not to be an educator. Okay. My original plan was I wanted to be a public speaker. Oh. Yes. I wanted to be a public speaker and I wanted to um, talk. It's still, I still wanted to work with youth, um, but it was more so of I wanted to just do, to speak to kids just tell my story to give them that faith and let them know that yeah things may be hard right now but you got to keep pushing you know you have to want more and so that's what I wanted to do I wanted to go around and just speak and then tell about my life and kind of be like a motivational speaker um so what happened was I ended up tutoring I was a reading tutor um in college Mm. and it was just, I loved it. I loved it. And I still felt like, because I love working with kids. That's just, I just love it in any aspect. I just love working with kids. And so it was just so fulfilling to work with, you know, even though I was just a tutor. And it was just so fulfilling, like, just tutoring this child 
and then helping her build that knowledge and knowing like yeah yeah, yeah. i was a part of that yeah <laughs> yeah like i'm a part of that yes and so um from that point and then me being a substitute teacher i said this is this is it this is it and then the mental health came along and I, and honestly i feel like education and mental health go hand in hand yeah so 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 you are a first year teacher what was it like ah. sorry i'm sorry cuz i know you said you were a mental you 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 got you went to um You have a degree in mental health counseling, right? Yes, I have a master's degree in mental health counseling. Okay, okay. So then, yeah, so maybe let's talk. I don't know if that was like you was teaching while doing that. I don't know. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah, let's talk. Okay, okay, bet. So what was that first, that first year teacher like? What was that like for you? Oh. <laughs> How many kids? Oh, you my gosh. <laughs> How many kids you throw? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen. Times get called out from admin because you cussed the kid out. <laughs> oh my god, listen, I had a chair thrown at me. Okay, yes, god. yes, oh. yes, the little boy oh threw a chair god. at me. Oh my god, that first year that was it was hard because one, I was young, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah like you, just young, like so, you know, the kids it was kind of like you know getting that respect from them because they're looking at you like you on their level like what like <laughs> so that was hard in itself you know and then you know as a first year teacher you just that classroom management baby that's some that's a beast yeah it's hard. that's a beast <laughs> so but i don't know it, it was also one of those situations where it started off real bad, but then in the end, it, it was better. Um, and it seemed like from that point on, I don't know, it's just like kids kind of, I guess, gravitate to me, you know, like, yes. I don't know. You know, they, like now, even, you know, the kids, oh, yeah. they look at me, a lot of them don't even look at me as their instructor. They look at me like I'm their auntie or, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> so it's, I don't know, but that freshman year, ooh, that first year, ooh, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, but you prevailed, right? And yeah. Ten years, you ten years in the game, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got you got to give yourself a pat on the back for that. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. So, yeah, but I got I I, I kind of got burnt out, and then that's when I switched careers and went into mental health. Okay. So I was I was teaching for a couple of years, um, and then I decided to go back to school for mental health. So while I was teaching, I was working on my mental health degree, um, and then I, I switched careers and went into mental health. So you're learning all these types of traumas, acute trauma, vicarious trauma, right? All yes. these types of traumas. Are you literally unraveling your like childhood while you're getting this degree? Uh, yeah yeah absolutely yes and even listening and that's how i know like it's really it's like a cycle um you know you would think a lot of the stuff that i dealt with that this generation wouldn't be dealing with but it's still kind of the same may not necessarily be more so um because of course when i was growing up crack um you know that was during that crack pandemic you know was it really yeah that was during like you know 80s that was when crack was really, it was, it was, it was bad. So it's probably people in my generation, if you ask them, I'm probably sure at least 70 to 75% has grew up in a home where their parent was addicted. During that time. Yeah. 75? A guarantee. I, I, I can, I can guarantee that number is high because that was during, that was during when crack was just being like, introduced over here like it was real bad it was bad because you had like crack houses right yeah we had crack houses crack yeah houses. yeah it was bad really bad here really yeah it was bad during that time and so you think that you know these kids aren't dealing with it, but they're just dealing with something similar it just may not be you know 
yeah. with that addiction. They're being raised by the parents of the, because I don't want to sound disrespectful because I'm not from Detroit, so I don't even want to, you know, but if you get what I'm saying, like they're, they're being raised by the parents of the 80s. That makes sense. No. Yeah. Yes. Their grandparents yeah. the 80s babies. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And we know. Absolutely. And, and, okay, so, so what are you learning about just mental health while you're getting this degree? Um, so this is where I'm, where I'm now getting introduced to all of these, um, you know, different diagnoses like depression and anxiety. And now I'm, I'm learning about all these different things about, you know, um, bipolar and schizophrenia and just all of these different things. And so that's what made me kind of think back and realize like I was depressed. Um, like as a child, I was depressed in college for the most part, I was depressed. Um, you know, I, I never knew what it was until, you know, I started studying this. And so, and I realized, you know, I look back on it. That's what it was. And I see it in our kids all the time, all the time, that depression, like yeah, I see it. So, you know, as I'm learning, I'm thinking about all these, all the, you know, different things that I, I went through growing up. Um, and I'm thinking about how it has affected me. Um, my self-esteem has affected me as far as my social skills, like all of that, all of that. And so, and it's, it's like I said, now I'm finally getting to that place to where I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I'm finally getting to that place. Um, I still have, you know, things when it, cause even, even though, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to be 45, I still have things that I deal with, yeah, with, yeah. you know, from my past and, and it's still affecting things that I, the way that I handle different situations now in life, you know, it still has an effect on that. And, and I applaud you for that. Seriously. Seriously. Thank and you. I love the relationship you have with your kids. Like you said, they call you auntie. So like, I guess, you know, you, you, you in the game and 10 years in the game and you have that first week with kids. Like, how are you building those relationships? Like you said, you can tell, you said, you know, you were recognizing that you were depressed. How do you know if a kid is depressed, you know? And then, you know, what, what is your magic? What's your little antidote that you give them? You give them that Auntie Matt. Yeah, you you just be, you, yeah, I get it. I know. You just be Auntie Willis. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, when you're a teacher, so um, kids are very self-aware and they're very smart um, and observant. Hmm. So as a teacher, a kid can sniff a person that doesn't care. They can sniff you out instantly. instantly. So you can walk in the classroom they can tell whether you're there for them or you're just there to, you know, as using it as a stepping stone, whatever. But they know, they, they know when a teacher really cares. And, and when they, once they know that everything else comes easy mm. because once they know that you care, you've already built that respect. You've already started with building a relationship with them because they know you care. So now they're going to come to you and be more open with you and talk to you. Um, so I think once you have that and the kids know it, it's, it's really, it's not hard there because they're going to respect you at that point. So the classroom management becomes easy because it's kind of like, with, you know, don't, you know, when they had that respect for you, it's like, okay, well, you know, Miss Willis don't like that. So yeah, it yeah. just comes natural. It just, it's easy from that point. Like clockwork. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times um, some teachers have a difficult time with classroom management because um, they're, sometimes they're not, they're not authentic. Mm. And so when you go in the classroom and you're not authentic, um, yeah, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that kind of respect like that from the kids. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just being yourself, right? And being honest. yeah, and that's being yourself. Yeah, I'm a white teacher, and I don't know nothing about black culture, but I'm willing to learn. Can y'all teach me? 
<laughs> no, no white teacher's going to say that. You know what I'm saying? But right. if you said that, that might actually help. It might help. Like, listen, <laughs> like, I want to teach, like, for real. But I feel like if you're a white teacher and you can't relate to, you know, your population, the students that you're teaching, then you need to educate yourself. Why are you going to go, you know, teach in a school that's majority black, but you know nothing about the culture? culture. And that's just how do you cool. think? Yeah, like that's not going to work out well for you. Yeah, if you go overseas to teach in China, you can't be teaching like you would teach in America. You have to probably, you might use those basic fundamentals, but there's going to be a lot of other things you're going to have to add to your repertoire so you can be effective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as an educator, like you have a degree and not be a good educator. <laughs> I mean, you can. Oh, Lord. Too many. Too many. Yeah. So I, I think that's what it is. And that, like to point out some of those mental health things, um, ask, you know, if I have a scholar and she comes in my room and normally me and her have had a conversation her personality is usually, you know, she's maybe upbeat, you know, and then she comes in the classroom and her whole demeanor is different. Mm. Then I'm going to ask, what's, what's wrong? Are you okay? You know, is everything good? Are you, you know, I'm going to ask because I can, I, I see the difference. This is not who you were yesterday. So something happened. What, what happened? What changed? And sometimes you have to ask, um, and that's another way you, how you build those relationships. You have to pay attention. Yeah. You got to yeah. pay attention. Yeah. And, no, and, and that reason could be so many things. It could be hunger. It could be trauma. It could, mm-hmm. be, it could be gunshots at night. It could be gunshots through your window. It could mm-hmm. be a family, uh, instant family death that just happened. You know, mm-hmm. it could be an uh, argument. You know, it could be abuse. It could be, you know, it could be so many things. So many things, yes. Yes. So many things. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought it up. Like if you're coming into these environments, you have to have at least a novice understanding that these, 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 these factors are going to change the way you teach. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're not going to be responsive towards that, it's like, why the hell are you here? You know, exactly. You're not here to get paid for sure. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) For sure. Please understand. (laughs) You teaching, know. if you're going into teaching, then it ain't for the money. Yeah. Okay, it's definitely yeah. because you have a care for kids and you want to make a change. But yeah, definitely not the money. At all, at all, at all. And so I want to talk about the happiness a little bit more. So, you know, when what was the day before you were like, man, I feel like I'm getting happy. And the next day you're like, yo, I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what, what, what changed? Was it like, I don't know, flowers pop. I don't know. Was it a movie? No. <laughs> and you know what? It's up and down. So it's up and down. So some days I do get, you know, I get down. Um, but I think for me, the happiness now is figuring out exactly who I am. Like I can focus just on me, you know. Mm. Um, I think the pandemic actually... Um, I think everybody should have been able to do some soul searching during this time. I think everybody. So, and I think that's what just spinning because I don't have any kids. So during the pandemic, I'm, I'm here by myself. So I have, I had nothing to do, but think, think, um, I was writing in my journal, um, just doing different things, becoming more self-aware of what I want. It was, you know, and it's still a journey, but I'm, like, okay, I can focus on me now. You know, my sister, she has her own, her whole family of her own. My brothers get their own family. So now it's, it's me. So that's where, that's where it's coming from. It's like, that's why I say that self-care is so important. You got to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I could feel it through this Zoom. I could feel mm-hmm. the, 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 the happiness radiating off of you. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when are we going to get this book? And when are we going to get these speeches, sis? Come on. Like, you need to stop. I know. And I really have been thinking really hard um, about kind of just telling my story um, yeah. in within a book. I really have. I know. You're right. You're right. 
Yeah, and you can and you can even do it from a perspective of a teacher because teaching is such in high demand right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't care about the materialism no more. We want inspiration. You yes. Know and that's not yes. just teachers who need it. It's this whole world. Right. We yes. Need inspiration. We need mm-hmm. relatability. We want to be able to talk to your sister and be able to, okay, I went through that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. And I've been thinking about it. So, yeah. That's why I would say Clubhouse is such a blessing because you'll meet so many. I've interviewed at least one, two, three, four. I've been interviewed at least four people that are in education and they have their mm-hmm. books. Really? Yeah, yeah. And they're they're pushing it out and they're just getting started or they have the copy and they're still promoting it or they, you know, like there's mm-hmm. so many different levels, but you have to get started, you know? And, and, yeah. and you got it, sis. You got the story, you got the image, you got the experience, you got the expertise. This is for the summer. Ask me where I'm at with my book, and I should be able to tell you. So this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna come back on the podcast whenever you're ready, and you know, just give us the update on you know the process. And I could probably connect you with some people too. You on IG? Uh huh. Okay, I'm gonna get your ID. I'm excuse me. I'm gonna get your IG before you go, and I'm gonna try to connect you. I need you have an iPhone, right? Yes. I need you to get you on Clubhouse. No, I need to be the way you were mentioning. You to download Clubhouse, make the account. Okay. And then I just and then just let me know, and then I'm gonna uh, see. Make sure you get in the right spaces and stuff, and maybe we can meet on Clubhouse. But get on Clubhouse so you can make those connections, sis. Because there's so many. Because you have the story. It's just who who's gonna see it? You know what I'm saying? We right. Gotta see it. Right. You gotta see it. So just you know, put it in okay. the sis. I support it for real. Yes, sounds like a plan. Okay, yes, I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so as we wrap up, I got my sister, Vicki Willis, native of Detroit, 10 years of education. She got a degree in mental health. She is a master teacher. She is coming through with the knowledge and the gifts. So what 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 do you want people to get from this podcast, Ms. Willis? Um, I really just want... and. I'm just speaking to educators Um, from this podcast, just understand um, and just be mindful that our kids are dealing with a lot. Okay. And not just, not just thinking about the pandemic, but just period Um, depending on the population that you, you know, that you're teaching, but just understand that mental health is real. Okay. And our, a lot of our scholars are dealing with mental health issues. And so as you're as as an educator, just keep that in mind. And once you keep that in mind and understand and be able to relate to your kids more, the better relationships you will have with the kids and and you will be able to reach them a lot better. So that's what I just want people to get from this, just to understand that as an educator, you have to empathize and be able to be understanding to the fact that our kids are dealing with a lot. They're yeah. dealing with a lot. Yeah. You hit it. You say empathy and empathy is different from sympathy. Yes. You don't want you to feel bad. No, I don't, don't feel bad. No. Bad. You know, but try to relate, you know, put your mm-hmm. stuff in my shoes. Even if my shoes are smaller. Yeah. You feel that tension. Yeah. That's what I'm going through on a day to day basis now. Mm-hmm. Chill out. Help me out. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Absolutely. That's simplicity, y'all. I got my sister, Vicki Willis. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Your energy, your story, and just your everything else that I'm just super excited for your future, sis. You said, I feel like it's like a newborn day for you, right? It's- it is. It is. Yeah, you <laughs> you have motiv- motivated me to, you know, move forward yeah. with this yeah. book and stop talking about it and just be about it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Yes. Let's Thank do it. you for having me. Of course, of course.